This is Eric from Cheyenne, Wyoming, and you're listening to the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Welcome in to another edition of the Pro Hockey News Podcast, brought to you by the Chicago Wolves Merchandise Store, ChicagoWolfStore.com. The code is PHN15 to get yourself a discount. Chicago Wolves, great logo there. Check them out, ChicagoWolfStore.com, PHN15. And, you know, some bald orange guy that likes to say use the code. So use our code because you should. Adam and Nick, Lonnie Goldsmith, Richard Cote. It is the, uh, you know, it's the all-star edition. Forget first line. This is all-star, baby. This is the PHN all-star broadcast. I mean, you're not going to find better all-stars on the PHN staff than the three of us. And it's also fitting, on here. It, it's fitting that it's our week. It is. Yeah, it is. Well, we don't get the good news weeks this year. We've gotten, <laughs> no. No, all of the good news has gone to the second line. So the least the least that could happen is we get the All-Star game. Yeah, when that Coyotes news broke last week, I called Lonnie right away and I said, dude, why aren't we recording this week? <sighs> Seriously. Because, I mean, the future of the Houston Coyotes is something that we love to talk about on the first line. That's something you love to talk about. Sure. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the desert dogs in, in oil country. It would be great. Um, yeah, well, that was last week. This is this week. Um, oh, man. I, you know, it, it, we have happy Olympic news to talk about. Um, we, we have, uh, you know, we, we, had, we had a passing of a key journalist we'll talk about. Um, the Ducks found their new beak. Uh, we got the all-star game coming up in, in Vegas, two all-star games in Vegas, but we only talk about one of them on, on this podcast. Um, but geez, after last night, cause we're recording this on Thursday, the third, I think we have to start with Rocky Wirtz and the Blackhawks. Uh, I think that'd be a great starting point. It I don't is, know about uh, great. Yeah, not, not, it's a starting point. It, it's not great. It, you know, this is not about, being a Blackhawks fan or not. And I suppose, Adam, you could speak to that. I mean, this is just bad if you, you know, care about people and have empathy. Like, this was just such a... I, I don't even think you have to have empathy or care about people to realize it was a, a disaster. Well, I mean, maybe. Maybe. All right, why don't you go you have ahead to have and a, you uh, have set to, the scene. Yeah. Uh, it started with Mark Lazarus from the athletic asking a question, basically harkening back to the Kyle beach stuff. And he called it a softball question. It's funny because I was texting with, with a friend. I said, what a softball question before, you know, he kind of put it on the Twitter and in his column that he wrote on the athletic, um, the paraphrases he asked about what they have done to, to move forward because that's what was promised. And Rocky Wirtz, the owner of the Blackhawks and chairman, just freaking laid into him about how we're not looking back and how, why don't you ask me about the GM search and season tickets and, and going forward. And I, I mean, it was, I, I, it was bad. I mean, I don't even want to, I mean, the video is all out there. Everybody, the videos out there. Um, Russ Thompson then from the Sun-Times did a follow-up. He asked it in a different way, but kind of doubled down. Um, so good on him to kind of follow up with Lazarus, Lazarus when he was cut off. And then Rocky Wirtz doubled down again. Um, when Mark was, was, was asked, asking the, or his question was being answered, Danny Wirtz, who's, who's the CEO of the team, was basically running the day-to-day operations. Um, he tried to step in and Rocky cut his son off. And then after the press con, after the time, there was a town hall with fans and media. It was like their yearly thing. Um, Danny sought out both reporters and said he has a lot to say, and in the near future he will say it. And then three hours after this, so like in the third period, I believe, of the blowout game last night, Rocky Wirtz issued the famous non-apology apology. Um, the reporters, he, he couldn't have named the two reporters. I thought it was a sad apology by not naming who he berated. Um, and basically said, yeah, we, we should talk about it. Um, I, I leave anything out, Lonnie? Rich, I- no, I think that really about sums it up. I, I mean, to call it a softball question, I think is underselling just how soft that question was from Laz. And he, like, that's the kind of question that a, that a PR 
person tries to plant yeah. in a room full yeah. of reporters. That's how easy that is. And I, it's not just that that Rocky Wirtz fumbled it. It's it's that he did it in such a spectacularly horrific fashion. It was a slow motion train wreck. And double down. And double down. Yeah. It, it it's really simple. Of um, um, you know, we've instituted a a policy at work where it's open door. We've instituted that we will investigate all things brought to HR. Um, we regret the situation. Like there are so many things, so many simple sentences, Richard. They could have said if he could have put half as much effort into a phony response to that question as he did into his, you know, so called apology. Uh, we wouldn't be talking about this. There was give credit to the TNT crew. They played this in the first intermission. They hit it head on. Rights holders don't often do this with all the sports. No, when it comes to controversial stuff. So good on TNT product, the producer, whoever called it, Liam McHugh did a great job. Gretzky had a, had a good uh, talk about it. Anson Carter had a good talk about it. You know, those are the two that kind of stood out. Um, what I thought was even more interesting was just the the back and forth on the panel and how they just eviscerated an owner in a league that they're a rights holder of. You know, I think used to be that rights holders are a lot more cautious about going after the the league. I mean, and by cautious, I mean they they're untouchable. It, I think it really started to turn. I mean, the most notable one is a few days ago with ESPN really going after the story of the Miami Dolphins and their former head coach who filed suit. They, they spent a lot of time on the air talking about that incident, which is not something ESPN, especially with the NFL, has not done. So I will say I, I'm impressed. Yeah, they, shut down a, they shut down a TV show yes. on their network. That's right. You know, on ESPN. Yeah. About the outside NFL. the lines, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no. I was talking about, uh, was it Playmaker? The Michael Madsen. Uh, oh, the, the fictional, drama. The yeah. That, that the NFL yeah, shut yes. down. That's right. <laughs> right. But like, you know, even outside the lines, like the stories that they were doing going into like looking at concussion uh, symptoms and the health and wellness of players. Big piece of the reason I think that that show no longer exists. Um, but, you know, I think Lazarus really his his indignation in his column this morning really where it jumped jumped off the off the screen was when word says in relation to thompson's question says why do you bring up old business yep and and the idea that the kyle beach situation is only being construed by the owner of a professional sports team as old business totally misses the point of what has to happen in that organization and in sports at large going forward when it comes to protecting young players and their well-being, especially when you're allowed to draft them from 17, 18 years of age. And they're in situations where most of them aren't living at home and they're living with other families. And like, there is a lot more, you know, care that has to go into that kind of situation And for him to just sort of construe it as old business and try to move on is just fascinatingly short-sighted. Plus, if you're talking about the future of the franchise and where you need to go and, you know, uh, what you put in place to safeguard your institution, shouldn't you know where you're coming from and shouldn't you be at least talking about that? That was Gretzky's point is going into a 17, 18 year old's house to, you know, as a draft prospect and how are the parents going to feel? You know, if a Blackhawk scout's coming in after something like this, are they going to want their kid drafted right? the Blackhawks? What, what I thought another interesting piece was Anson Carter started it. Uh, Gretzky also kind of backed it up after Anson brought it up. That he said there was kind of there, there had to be have been previous beef with Rocky Wirtz and Laz or Thompson on there. And Laz, it was brought to his attention on Twitter by numerous people. Uh, he was pretty popular last night. Um, it's funny, Rocky Wirtz and the Blackhawks were like the third most trending topic in the U.S., which did that, I mean, it on Twitter. Never um, good. Never good. No. Um, and Laz said that he hasn't talked to Rocky in a bit, but you know, that he doesn't know of anything, but I do think there may be previous beef. Um, 
I don't want to say previous week, but Scott Powers, the other beat writer, and Laz had an article in The Athletic basically telegraphing the questions that they want answered in the town hall. So, first of all, Rocky Words could not have been blindsided by this. If he was, then he has nobody on staff that looks out for his well-being. Because it was published in The Athletic by your, the two beat writers from that publication, what they want answered at the town hall. So the only thing I could think of of beef was, was he angry walking in knowing that this was going to dominate because he looks at it as negative. Once again, softball question as we're talking about, that's the only thing I could think about previous beef is because they published basically what they wanted to know. He had a, a bad attitude going in that this was coming. But let's pretend that, Powers and Lazarus asked all of those questions of all the things they yeah. wanted to know, which isn't going to happen, right? I mean, and, like I'm, and I'm not defending ask, Rocky, and I'm not defending Rocky words. I, I, yeah. No, no, no. I yeah. wouldn't suggest that. It's the fact that they published it all ahead of time. Again, that's a gift. Yes. Like prep work. I have people. I, I, oh God, yes. Like I ask people all the time. Like you know, what kind of questions? You know, what are some of the questions you're going to ask in this interview? I don't do that. You know, depending on the interview, I don't do that much prep work. I want it to be more, especially for a podcast. I want it to be more conversational. So I don't like, I do a little bit of homework, but I don't script out questions. Yeah. It, but the, but the fact that they were willing to do that, yeah. like they're not, they're not looking for state secrets no. out of the Blackhawks. They're not looking for, for the, you know, the operations playbook or anything. They're looking at how is this team, this historic franchise in the NHL going to get past one of the most embarrassing, most horrific things that could happen to a team. Yeah. It's, it like, didn't like go they, anywhere good. They gave Rocky words a gift and he threw it back in their faces is basically so, how it boils down to. Yeah. As expected, Gary Bettman still remains silent. We expect nothing less from the NHL than to not address this. Now he's going to have to address it this weekend in Vegas. It's going mm -hmm. to come up. Uh, Alex DeBrink is going to have to address it as the Hawks representative mm -hmm. in Vegas, I'm sure. So, you know, NHL not getting ahead of it. And now it's going to overshadow a bit of their all-star festivities. Um, it, it's, it, it's not going to go away. Pe people are calling for that Rocky where should have to sell the team and all that. This is not, I mean, I'm not defending him. It's bad. I honestly think he should step down from, from any public day-to-day -day operations. And obviously Danny Wirtz wanted to say something. So I'm really interested. I'm, I'm hoping the two guys that ask the questions are the two guys that get the scoop on the one on the interview and they get to lead out with that. So it'll be interesting to see how the Blackhawks go forward with Danny Wirtz. Cause he, he, he sought those two out and said he wants to speak on it. Um, I, I I'm going to go on record. I'll, I'll be the resident Blackhawks fan. I don't think selling the team, this is not a Donald Sterling situation. This is not even as bad as a Daniel Snyder situation from before and some stuff that has come out today, you know, of the Washington football, excuse me, the Washington commanders uh, owner. No, you yeah. had it right the first time. The, the Washington football team. Yeah. The WFTs. Long live uh, the WFT. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is nowhere near Donald Sterling. This is not Georgia Frontieri. Uh, former Rams owner. This is not Marge Schott. Uh, I mean, it's bad, but it's it's not, you know, uh, ownership ending, in my opinion. No, because it's not something that ownership, I mean, it's not something that ownership did. It, it, if, if the, well, I mean, if, if the general block report were to have come out with some other findings. Yes. I think there, you know, are maybe, different conversations happening but again like i understand that there are certain things and, and again this is something that lazarus acknowledged there are certain things that they are never going to know because of the the, the non-disclosure agreement the nda that goes with a settlement like this yep. fine they didn't come close to asking about details of the settlement mm -mm. like this was if you're you're having a town hall like this is some sort of like PR image rehab situation like you can't ask for better questions to show off what you're doing to rehab your image as an organization after something like this.
after something like what they went through, you can't ask for, for easier things to, to try to get off on a, a better footing to, to, to restart, to, to try to move past while not fully ignoring that past, but you've got to, if you're going to move forward, you've got to acknowledge it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's bad, 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 bad. And now Danny Wirtz has got a, he's going to have to do a lot of cleanup for his dad. Yeah. Which is, it's kind of funny as the senior Wirtz gets older, it's the kid who's doing the cleanup. Cause isn't that what Rocky did when, uh, once when, when, uh, when dollar bill died, it wasn't even cleanup. It was just like moving into the modern age of, of sports. Yeah. I wouldn't even call it cleanup. It was just advanced. It was, it was advancement. (laughs) Was <laughs> put, putting home games on television became a thing because that that was a concept that the Blackhawks didn't do. But yeah, it uh, yeah, uh, I, I, that's it. I mean, I'm I'm over it. It's it's it's, it's there's nothing. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's yeah. bad. Rocky Words does need to go shop at LDE Affinity Jewelry. He should probably get some gifts for the guys that uh, he, he made light of. But uh, go to the PHN website, click on the LDE Affinity Jewelry, great New Mexico-made jewelry for you there. Gentlemen, the Olympics have begun. Well, they have. The, 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 no, no, the competition has begun. Yes. The Olympics have not begun. No, That's they what... <laughs> have. The opening ceremonies have not begun. Well, that means they haven't begun. You can't have a thing unless you have the ceremonies to open it. Uh, sure you can. Yeah, you can. They Listen, do it every, I, every single Olympics. That's right. I it, it, it was great to, to come downstairs in the morning, dog curls up on my lap, flip on the TV, get USA hockey I, right well, out of the hopper. It's great. I, st- I started with curling last night. I watched me some curling. I watched a few minutes of curling. A I watched certain, a few hours of curling. <laughs> a, a, a certain 12 year old loudly, loudly objected at how she really hates curling. But now that she's a woman, she thinks she has a say around there. Only in the Jewish sense. Yeah. I mean, that was, cur- it was, it was lovely. It was lovely. Um, my, my, fantastic. my, you know, I, I did not see the loss of the Italians coming in the mixed doubles. I, I I had the win against the US. I did not did not see the Aussie. How do you, the, the you Italians. don't see you know you don't see that coming? Um, so that was fun. Uh, Canada spanked Switzerland twelve to one. Um, the US, those are the two main teams, of course. We're following US five to five to one and a half, which turned into two. <laughs> we thought the game was over. At five have one. you ever? Have you ever? I want to talk about the ending. Have you ever seen an ending like that? I have not seen a two a two uh, a two minute and twenty second inconsequential goal added and have to replay the final like, two change. I, I walked away, like <laughs> I heard the horn. I walk away. Yeah. I come back and they're playing again. I'm like, wait, did I bump the remote? Did it rewind? So, How is it five two? What? <laughs> so I, I I had turned it off uh, when it was five nothing. Uh, my my little one, my six year old. So we are in a snow day here in St. Louis. Um, eight inches and counting in the last twenty four hours. Uh, have come down. My back is sore. I don't have a snowblower. It's like the one day in my, of the year we need one. Um, so last, you know, we, we knew like four o'clock yesterday, they called off school again for the second day. Uh, so Rory had heard about, about the game and she, at seven o'clock central starting, she made a sudden alarm. Um, keep in mind, she just started playing hockey uh, this past session and learned to play program through the local, one of the local lady programs here, um, the lady cyclone. So she asked to set an alarm to watch the game at 7 a.m. I'm like, yeah, had a girl. That's it. So I said, so I was in just waking. I said, oh, come and bet. She goes, no, I want to go downstairs on the big TV. I want to pay attention. I'm like, yeah. So well, my morning's starting off great. Um, so then I had turned the game off. She came in, daddy, they won five to one. Okay, thanks. Cause I told her to update me. And then she came back in. Nope, they won five to two. Something happened. So I didn't even see a live. I went back and found the video and watched it. What a, like, what the heck? Well, I, I guess the question is what happens? I, I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but if the U S were to have scored at five, one, the goal goes in, they think it's off the post fine. U S comes down and scores that goal gets chalked off. And it, instead of six, one, it like, they go back to the point of when Finland right. had scored. Right. Yeah. So it's five. Yeah. Yeah. It's everything's fake after that goal. That's true. Okay. So I, I was at work this morning. I did not get to see the ending of the game. Well, what was, you should really, you should really need to work for an NBC affiliate every, every two years. Oh, oh yeah, I, I do. Um, 
I did not have the game. It's the uh, Finland uh, player down the left, their left wing fires a shot. It looks like it hits the post and comes out behind the goalie. It hit the center stanchion right ah. under the can in, in the back of the net. I think it actually may have gone off the post. Yeah. And it hit the post, which is where the ding came from, hit the back where the camera is so and back out so fast that it looked like it would just hit the post, came out behind the goalie and just played out. But they went the last 240 or whatever it was after that with no whistle. Horn blows, handshakes, everybody goes to the locker room, go to commercial, come back from commercial. And Kenny Albert's like, well, um, yeah, so they hit replayed because the shot that hit the post actually went in and then they showed the slow-mo and lo and behold it, you know, posting in. Um, that must and, be some yeah. shot. Well, it, 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 and it came out with some velocity too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the, the big difference when you don't have a command center and the referees on the ice determine everything in, in replay here, there, there's no, they don't call Toronto, <laughs> you know, there, there's no Beijing right. command center. If that's the NHL, because, you know, people are asking on Twitter, the horn, like somebody from Toronto calls the off-ice official that, that's, you know, it, it downstairs or upstairs or whatever, and they basically, they'll buzz the horn to stop the game because Toronto would have saw that it was a goal. You know, would they have done it within the two minute and 20 second? But I think that was the problem is the referee can't review, can't initiate the review until there's a whistle. Right. And it just so happened that, the game, the game. There was the, 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 the next whistle was yeah. the last whistle. <laughs> so then the referee reviewed it, which is protocol. Yep. And I mean, it was the right, it was, it's just, re- it, that's what uh, happens when you don't have this command center that we're all used right. to in pro sports. Right. No, there's no question. It was a goal. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody's complaining. It was just that. the mechanics of it. It was yeah. just, right. it's just the timing of it all really. Not even the mechanics, but yeah. yeah, if we would have had a whistle, it would have been easy, but there was no whistle till the end of the game. And it, I don't think Finland cared. I got to tell you, you know. between, I, I think between the U.S. game and the Canada game, that was really the most dramatic moment uh, of yeah. the two games <laughs> was 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 having to replay the last two twenty because of the goal. Well, in, in, in my opinion, I, I mean, today, I think we saw the silver and the bronze medalist play each other in that Finland and, and U.S. game. And, and I think Canada wins gold. That, that's that's my picks for the tournament. I got Sweden taking bronze. Oh, sweet. They've fallen off. They, they've had, I don't know. Finland's got a new Finland's Finland, as they pointed out during the broadcast, uh, goalie. new goalie for the first time and got many, many, many tournaments. Yep. He, not, not, not the go for legend is what, you know, the, uh, she's still up. She's doing hockey camps up there on a regular basis. Yeah. Look, I mean, Nora I remember I, I covered her when, uh, in the frozen four in 2010, 20, 11, something like that up at, uh, at Mariucci. It's been a long time, but yeah, she's uh, been on the radar in these parts for quite some time. Yeah, Ratu is up there. So, uh, yeah, falling out with the coaches. Not much written in English on that. I've had trouble kind of really kind of digging that up, but apparently her and the coaching staff didn't get along. Mm. So that'll do it. Um, staying with the, the, the female theme, um, sad news. Uh, Robin Herman passed away at the age of 70 uh, from ovarian cancer. So uh, honest question for, for you, Richard, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, 1975, that's Lonnie's era. He's the only person that can claim to know about 1975 on this podcast. <laughs> Most technically. Uh, right. I mean, am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, I, I mean, I was I was there. Can't say I you, remember you, much. Yeah. I mean, my my. my my parents weren't married. I wasn't even a thing in, in 75. I came along in 79. So you, you are you are the most seasoned person of 1975. Uh, did you know her story, Richard? To be honest, I did not. Okay. I did read because you're because you're a TV guy. That's why. I, yeah, I'm a TV guy. Yeah. Um, no, I I did read her story today, and uh, I was blown away. I that I didn't know any about like any of that. So. Yeah, she was. She broke the uh, barrier for women of getting into to hockey locker rooms. She did the 75 all-star game in Montreal. Uh, Marcel St. Cyr, uh, who was a radio reporter out of Canada also was in the locker room. It was the first time women were in a hockey locker room and it became a thing. I remember studying this in, in back in journalism school at Indiana. It was uh, it was a thing in 1975. 
Lonnie, you want to comment? You uh, you were around. I, well, actually, January 1975, I was not around. Oh, that's uh, true. Fair enough. Damn. Nice. Let's try though. No, I, I mean, I actually didn't know her story until reading uh, reading the piece in the in the New York Times. It's um, I have heard of you know plenty of uh, the stories of plenty of other female uh, reporters, both uh, both TV reporters and uh, written reporters, and their struggles at breaking in to uh, to the locker rooms in, in men's professional leagues. Um, there's obviously far too many of them. Um, certainly I, I hope is getting better, but uh, you know, I know that none of the three of us will ever fully know or understand or totally appreciate just what they had to go through and just to do their jobs. Right. Yeah, and she, uh, she obviously kept her maiden name throughout her whole career. She went into politics in the late seventies and, and, basically finish her covering the political scene. But uh, when I was reading the obit, it mentioned the, the name, um, her husband, her kids, her, her kid's last name is Horvitz. Just throw that out there, Lonnie. Hmm. Yeah. So, Members of the tribe, I'm guessing. I, I believe so. Yeah. yeah I, I, a good bet on that. But uh, the best, uh, the best nickname I've seen of her, I've read a couple different obits, Leslie Visser, who was the first female analyst to cover the NFL on TV. She called her iron under velvet. No, <laughs> that was that was what she used to call her. Um, so, yeah, she was lovely and yet she was not going to get abused. So, you know, pretty apropos this week with the Title Nine anniversary and the, the Women's Day in sports uh, being celebrated yesterday. Uh, so, um, you know, our condolences out to the Horvitz Herman family on the passing of Robin Herman. OK, um, we're going to go down to going to go from the AHL to the NHL with a promotion. Um, Grand Rapids just got decimated. Lonnie, they have no leadership in Grand Rapids anymore. They don't. Steve Iserman's going to have to figure out what to do because the GM of Grand Rapids, who happens to be the assistant GM of Detroit, is now the GM in Southern California. Pat Verbeek, the new GM for the Anaheim Ducks, just the third GM in franchise history. Good for him. I think he's overdue for, for getting this opportunity. Obviously it's going to, you know, it's a bummer for, for the Red Wings to, to, to lose him. I know Iserman really uh, speaks very, very highly of him, but it's a great opportunity uh, to, for him to, you know, get, uh, get his chance to run his own squad. And there are worse squads to be taken over right now. We'll we'll get to that, but Richard, here's the most surprising thing to me being a hockey hire. He has zero, zero connections in any way, shape, or form to the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim or the Anaheim Ducks. Has he ever attended one of their games? Maybe that's a connection. Well, I mean, he played on the ice at the oh, Honda great. Center. Yeah. There's that. Um, yeah, no, that, 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 I mean, for, for a position like that, that is kind of shocking to see, especially in hockey where, you know, it's, it's all kind of about who you know, who you feel comfortable with to, to lead your front office and, yeah, I, I saw that note you put in there. I was like, like wow, yeah, that's, that's unusual. Yeah, I, I mean, he's never worked for the organization. He didn't play for them. He doesn't have a relationship with the owners. I mean, this is a guy that, that got a job on merit and impressed the committee uh, that I, you know, I saw Neuendijk was on it and, and uh, Solani, I, I believe, was on it. Niedermeyer, sorry, Niedermeyer, not Neuendijk. Uh, it, it was, I mean, wow. You know, it just, the, the non-nepotism hire, Alani. It's uh, it it's nice that that happens still every once in a while. I mean, considering their past GMs came from influence from the NHL, right? <laughs> the, the league <laughs> office directly influenced those. Well, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's really interesting. I saw this earlier today, and I found this to be a fascinating, uh, fascinating nugget that Steve Simmons from the Toronto uh, Sun put out, uh, which is not often I say something that. <laughs> Steve Simmons puts out as fascinating. <laughs> the, 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 the Jimmy Devolano management tree, you know, we talk a lot about coaching trees uh, out of the Devolano management tree, Ken Holland, Steve Eiserman, Jim Nill, Pat Verbeek, Don Waddle, Neil Smith was the uh, GM mm-hmm. for the Rangers in 94, Colin Campbell. It's a, uh, it's not a bad list. Jim Neal's an interesting one. Story not finally fully written on his. I don't think so either. But let's take a look. I think 
Pat Verbeek is going to a better situation than he's leaving. I think the Ducks will become more prominent sooner than the Red Wings will on their rebuild. I think they're going to hit the peak of their uh, their rebuild faster than than Detroit. I don't know about the yeah. longevity of it, but I think they're going to hit their peak first. I think they're at least a year farther ahead too. So it doesn't, yeah. I don't think that's going out on that big of a limb. Really. I don't disagree. I'm starting to think the youth in Anaheim is better than the youth in Detroit. I think most of the youth that people are excited about in Detroit isn't there yet though. Okay. So I, I, I mean, there, there's cider and Raymond. He's going into current. I think he's currently going into a better situation. I think he will have more yeah. success. I think Eisenman he will in the short term. Oh, he'll, yeah. he'll get fired before Iserman will because they'll never fire Iserman because it's Detroit. Yeah, but Detroit also knows that they're playing a long game because the situation was so much worse. Yeah, because they didn't time it with the new arena correctly when they should have. Because Ken Holland was more obsessed with the streak than setting up the new building. You just said it's no, a great listen, tree. I don't, the, not, 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 now you're ripping on Ken Holland? Come on. Can't go both sides. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, I can. You do yeah, it all the time. Him. But that's my thing. <laughs> well, you don't know, take my shtick. I'm going to have to borrow your shtick. Look, okay. it's, I don't have a problem. I, if he's there faster, I wouldn't be surprised. They're further, they are further ahead than the rebuild in their rebuild. You know, although it's interesting, like, you know, Troy Terry, you know, sort of knew he'd be good. I didn't think he'd be this good. He, he seemed to have a slow first few years. He didn't jump in quite, he, he didn't sort of, capture the imagination as a rookie as much as say like Zegris is right now <laughs> right i mean yep. you know drysdale is playing i think better as a rookie than um than i think a lot of people thought he might john gibson is playing really well in goal um they've got a great squad they're definitely ahead of detroit in the rebuild i don't know i agree with richard though i don't know longevity wise how long they'll stay at their peak. I think playing in that division probably helps, but you know, their, their staying power is going to time out, I think considerably with, you know, how LA does and what ends up ultimately happening. Um, you know, does Edmonton, you know, find any sort of spark? What, what does Calgary do in this off season? Um, so it's still a pretty competitive top of the division though, potentially. Who reaches a conference final first? Verbeek, Iserman, neither, or both? Uh, I think Verbeek. I think Verbeek, too. I I, I go Verbeek or neither. You don't think Iserman's ever going to get to a conference championship? I, I think there's such a divide between the top of the East and the bottom. And I think some of the top of the East still has a lot of reload left. Like Carolina has depth in, yes. in, in their system. Yeah. But um, they're on the other side. They're on the other side of the division. They're on the other yeah. side of the East. Yeah. But you're assuming nothing changes over the next five to 10 years in terms of realignment and, and play. Assume, and assume yeah. nothing changes. Assume uh, nothing, Looking at the divisions, how they I, are, you know, is, I mean, I, I think Detroit's in a better situation than you do, but I still think Anaheim gets there first. Yeah. Well, but I again, I think that's a product of Anaheim being further ahead in the rebuild than Detroit is too. I also think that the Pacific is probably the worst division in hockey. Okay, I think there's the, that I, also. I, I think the West is more, I think the East is very top heavy. I think the West is, is more teams that'll make the playoffs, but that's, a, that's really heavily because of the central. Let's be honest. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I mean, the Pacific, a walk through the Pacific isn't unheard of because outside of Vegas, there's we're not talking consistency, which is funny of an expansion team. The other expansion team can't score a goal. Vancouver has hasn't figured stuff out. Edmonton's Edmonton. Right. Um, For, fourth place in the central would be first place in the Pacific. Yeah, I just I don't see I mean, I don't see Tampa and Toronto going anywhere. And I'm starting to believe Florida's a thing. I am too. I mean, I the fact think that they've gone through the coaching change and gotten better, which I didn't think was going to help them. Um, I, I mean, I just, I don't see that division. I mean, yeah, you have Buffalo and Ottawa in that division. So I, that helps you a lot, but it doesn't get you to the top. 
No. In Detroit. I just don't. No, no, and, no, Bo- no. and Boston has Boston has figured out a way to to be dynastic without winning a ton of cups, but never going away. Yeah, yeah they just sort of hang around. They're successful. Yeah, they, they, they got their cup and things. Are, they just I don't know. I just the, the Atlantic. I mean, maybe the, the it's either it, it's one or one A in toughest division. The Atlantic and Central to me are the, are the cream of the crops when it comes to depth and, and what you're going to see. That's been my opinion the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I think uh, the Metro is probably a little bit deeper than the Atlantic. I think you got a few more more competitive or more potentially competitive teams in the Metro than you do the Atlantic. But yeah, one one A. I, I'm not sold on the Rangers in Pittsburgh in the playoffs. It, 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 I just I think they're beating up on their own division really well. I mean, anybody, you get to play the Flyers like five times. Right. And, <laughs> the, Everybody wants, and, the, and the Island and this version of the Islanders too. It's just, it's bad. But uh, speaking of, of, of good, I do want to touch on good. Um, so Lonnie, basically you started a streak by watching the wild play in person and you've been their good luck charm. They, they just, you go to a game and they just don't lose. Sounds about right. That uh, pretty that good January out. for those guys. Uh, you, you know, it's weird. You know, we talked last week and I know obviously the meat of the, the, or two weeks ago, we talked about this and obviously the meat of their schedule really starts to ramp yes. up after the all-star break. But who knew that after five games in 30 days, if you just played on a semi-regular basis, like it's good for you. I mean, they're cam Talbot is playing out of his freaking mind. He looked good last night. And granted, it was against Chicago, but he's he looked good. good for two he weeks. Good. He has looked good. He looked he's good an all star. Yes. Kakinen looked good. Has mm-hmm. looked good when he's played. Um, they're getting healthy again. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're, 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 a, they're a plus 41, which is like what fourth in the league, second in the West. Signing I mean, Greenway to a terrific contract the other day. He's finally figuring out the NHL. Yeah. You know, he, he's a big body that's taking his time, but he's, he's finally figuring out the NHL. <laughs> you're, you're underselling it. <laughs> he's 6'6", 225. Yeah. It's, that is uh, a large human being. And he's human. not just he's not just a guy who's going to go out there and, and beat the crap out of you in the corners because he'll do that too. But he's got, for that kind of size, he is a, a skilled power forward. Though he did get laid out last night by Alex DeBrinkett. Which I thought was an interesting not the guy you expect. Yeah, the cat coming through with a great hit. I mean, they're bringing a couple good hits, but but yeah, that I mean, that was interesting to see Greenway get laid out. But no, um, yeah, uh, going into the All Star break, uh, winners of six in a row, points in ten straight. Um, that's that's pretty good. That's and a little more than five million in uh, cap space. Yeah, yeah, they they could be they could be buyers at at the deadline. So. You know, you, you, I, you'd think they would be. I mean, at this point, you're playing for the for the two seed. Yeah, you're not making central. up any ground on the number one seed. I mean, and that's really the amazing thing of it. They won six in a row and points in, in their last 10. And guess what? Colorado also has points in their last 10, too. You're well, that, yeah, literally it, making – there's no ground to be made. Yeah, I mean, they're – yeah, it, it's 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 a Nashville, Minnesota, St. Louis battle of who's not going to play Colorado. Yep. Well, I, I guess. Well, I mean, they may avoid Colorado because there could be the five. D- Dallas could end up there. No, it's looking just, less no. and less likely. It's looking yeah. less and less likely. Yeah. They're they're fading off from uh, Calgary. Calgary they're, had a plus three. Only three. They're only three points behind them. Calgary, though. I know. It's it's not as they're not as fading as you think. They're four points behind Calgary, Dallas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Math. Yeah. Math. Um, <laughs> and both are playing five hundred hockey in there. Yeah. Recent time, but yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Um, your rundown of the East. Yeah, the East is over. We've already talked about that. We know the eight teams. <laughs> Let's just we're done talking about the East till playoff time, and we can talk about seating. Nothing. I mean, just there's the, nothing the, to talk about in the East. Can we just point out the absurdity of Washington is on 59 points. 
in fourth place. Columbus is on 41 points in fifth place. That's ridiculous. Columbus does have four games in hand. Yeah, I it's still it's, even if they win all, still, still ten points. Yeah. <laughs> Fine, give them all. Four, you're right. You're still <laughs> ten points nuts. down. It's yeah. insane. It's well, it's no different uh, with Boston and Detroit of a fifty-five to forty-six split. No, when Boston and, has four games. Boston has four in hand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. So if Boston, if Boston would win all four of those games, there'd be a seventeen-point gap. Yeah, the East is done. Yeah, the it's, uh, it's draft pick time in the East. Basically, you're, you're playing for lottery position, and that's yep. fine. Like, again, it's we, we've known that. We called that one uh, a while ago. Yep. Okay, guys. Uh, you know, it, 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 the All-Star Games happening this weekend. We haven't even talked about that, but the All-Star Extravaganza is happening for the first time in a couple of years. We've got skills competitions returning. It is in Las Vegas. Um, Pro Bowl is also there. Uh, it's kind of interesting to have two All-Star Games in the same spot in the same time span yeah enjoy enjoy those parties there's going to be some pro athlete party downs going on in vegas um what i'd like i i I think that you know verbera hockey is probably the equipment everybody should use if they want to win the skills competition if you want to check out verbero hockey you can check them out directly at verbero hockey at verbero.com or go to the phn site click on the link to see some special deals in cooperation with phn so go to prerogatives.com, click on the Verbero banner, and you can check out some of the newest, greatest equipment in the hockey world. So because we don't have games, Richard, I, th- I think uh, we should count the skills competition as well as the ultimate winner. Uh, you know, we'll pick a division there. Yeah. Um, there. So I- I'll start. You know, we start with the, uh, the accuracy shooting contest. Dreisaitl, Dry, Dry Keller, Dalin, Aho, Gunsel, Terry, Goudreau, Bergeron, and Marches. So a late addition. Okay. I, I, I am going to go with Aho. Okay. Lonnie? I am going with Johnny Hockey. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to go against the, uh, the hometown guy. I'm sure he's going to have, you know, some feelings about playing in the all-star game there, but I'm going dry sidle. just, you know, wild pick because you can't go wrong picking any of these guys. Yeah. They're, they're all all-stars on my book. Ah, uh, I see what you did there. We go to the fastest skater, Kreider, Kempe, Connor, Kuznetsov, Kairu, Larkin, Makar, and some guy named McDavid. should we go with either mcdavid or the field no no i I, i'm gonna make a pick okay Uh, i'm gonna make a guy that's that's hands are finally catching up to his feet and he's got amazing feet i'm gonna go Cairo. just because i don't want to pick mcdavid because that's boring (laughs) well i remember two years ago when we did this we all took mcdavid over the field and the field won yes it did it's true money I am going with the record holder in this event, Dylan Larkin. That guy. That guy. <laughs> okay. Who is just on a heater this season. You know what? I, I got to go homer pick here. I'm going Kale McCarr. Dude's pretty quick. Yep. Fair enough. A lot, a lot of hometown age. I mean, I, I, you guys went with your teams. I went with where I live. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. <laughs> My favorite event returns the NHL breakaway challenge. Yes. Um, th- this is the, thank God the NHL said, be creative. They're bringing it back. This was the one where, where props were used and all that. It's the breakaway challenge. It gets judged by judges on a scale of one to 10. The goalies don't matter, uh, but Wyatt Russell and Menorion are the goalies. Menorion make it a return. By the way, Menorium is excellent on the the desk doing the Red Wings uh, pregame, pregame, postgame, and uh, intermission stuff. She is very good as an analyst. Kaprizov from Minnesota, Zegras, the, the Michigan the Michigan gold man thing, Hughes from the Devils, the Cat from Chicago, Alex Deprinket, and Petrangelo, the hometown guy. What? 
are we going to see? I, I, I'm just looking forward to the creativity. I mean, it's judges. This is the hardest one to pick yeah. because it's literally like, you know, judges. Um, by the way, the judges are going to be John Hamm, Terry Fader, Paul Coffey, Mark Messier, and Dustin Tavella. Okay. Let's start. Uh, Lonnie, start with you. I'm going to... Oh. Boy, I guess I'm this just one like, maybe it's, it's not so it much hard to pick. I'm going to go just based on the creativity of his both goals and assists so far. I'm going to go with Zegras. All right. Yeah, I guess and this one's maybe not so much uh, who we think is going to win, but who kind of we're rooting for or want to see the most out of uh, Adam. Oh, I, I want to see the most out of Hughes. I think Zegras is going to be the most entertaining, but because this is judges and and they're influenced. I think Petrangelo wins it because the crowd is going to be behind him and the judges are going to go for that. Yeah, but is John Hamm going to hold it against Petrangelo that he left St. Louis? No, because he's going to love him because he's from St. Louis and then oh. they're probably going to, I, 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 you know, I, I think that Petrangelo left on decent terms. I suppose that's true. That's fair. No, I, I thought I, about that I, angle though. I did think about that angle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. I think Zegris is going to be the most entertaining um, of the bunch. Uh, but I'm going to go Kaprizov. Okay. Kaprizov. I think we can see some good stuff out of him. We are going to the save streak. This is where the goaltenders get in, and they face the team from the other side. So, so Atlantic versus Metro and Pacific versus Central. The shooter shoot. The goalies uh, with the highest streak wins. Um, Campbell, Vasilevsky, Anderson, Yari, Talbot, Saros, Demko, Gibson. Basically, you got to think of who's the best in shootouts. Right. I'm going to go Vasilevsky. It's uh, not a bad pick. Well, I know. That's why I picked it. <laughs> I only make good picks is what the record shows. Okay. Lonnie, you want to put him in his place there? Uh... I was going to go with Vasilevsky. It feels obvious, though. I'm going to go Jack Campbell. <laughs> Campbell? Campbell. All right. By the way, which uh, if you watch the, uh, the, the, the between the, the ice, the, the thing on Amazon last year, I, you, know, you know I learned about Campbell? Huh. His nickname is Soup because that's original in hockey. Oh, God. I got to <sighs> tell you, <laughs> every Campbell. They're the worst. I mean, just what is it about? It's not just hockey, though. Like, Sports te- teams, players, just the worst at nicknames. Well, there's Brian Campbell from who used to play for Florida and Chicago, works in the front office. They call him Soup E, not just Soup. And marginally better. I, I, I got a Campbell on my rec team. And yeah, we, we do call him Soup. But <laughs> that's because we have like three Tims on our team. So we can't just call him Tim. Well, somebody's uh, got to be Timmy. You've just got to add the Y to it or the IE. Right. That's, and, and and then, that, that's sports too. You got Tim, Timmy, and then you got to come up with something soup. else. And so, yep. soup. Okay. Um, soup. You know what? I, I am going to go uh, with the hot goalie right now. I'm going to go with Talbot. By the way, I'm going to go on record that Yari gets torched in this. Uh, sure I'm not going to disagree with that at one bit. <laughs> not yeah. even a little. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next, we will go to the hardest shot. I don't, only four guys are listed on the thing that I saw, which I thought was kind of odd. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pellich, Meyer, Hedman, Wilson. All right, Lonnie, who you got? Um, Tom Wilson. Uh, It's not hardest shot to the head. You you actually have to hit things on the goal. No, I understand that. Okay, okay, I just want to make sure. You know, Adam? Hedman. All right. I was going to go with Wilson too. I was thinking he was going to call up the rage and just, you know, put something hard, maybe on net. I know it has to be on net, but he could get lucky, but I feel like I'm obligated now. I'm going to go with Timo Meyer. Okay. I like, I like we're all going different. Uh, one of the Vegas things, by the way, I, I applaud the NHL for thinking outside the box. Um, the, the fountain face-off, this is going to take place on the Bellagio fountains. They're setting up a rink 
um, on the fountains. Basically, we're, it's going to look like a rink. So where all the face-off dots are, are going to be face-off dots and they're going to have lines in there. The rest of it's going to be water. So anywhere that is just, you know, not face-off dots going to be water. Um, and you basically have to be in the center area and you've got to shoot the puck into five targets in the least amount of time. If you miss it, you, uh, you end up in the water. So that could be, it, it, it could be, it's going to be fun. Yeah. It's be fun. I, I kind of like it. Um, they got to, they got to put some sauce on, on their passes to get to the five targets. Uh, Huberto, Giroux, Eberly, uh, Jocelyn Limerow Davidson from, from team Canada, formerly of team Canada. No team USA. So I'm sorry, team USA. Um, God, she's one of the twins. Um, <laughs> Lamoureux, I'm thinking of the other Lamoureux who is actually, there is a Lamoureux on camera. My bad. Um, Yossi, Suzuki. I, I learned today that Nick Suzuki is an all-star, by the way. Zach Rowenski and Mark Stone. <laughs> did, did he take somebody's spot who wasn't able to make it? No, I feel like he's the most logical Montreal. Yeah, it's d- by default. Yeah, I, I guess I don't see him on any other... But that's, that's yeah. Not, yeah, okay. All right, Adam, who you got in this one? I uh, I really want to say Lamro Davidson because I, I I just think the the skill set of women are absolutely amazing when it comes to the fundamentals. But if I'm picking the NHL guys, uh, I think Yossi. I think defensemen have an advantage here. All right, Lonnie. I'm gonna go with Huberdu. Gotta be a stretch past specialist on this one. You know, I, I'll root for her. I'm going Lamaru Davison. There we go. Okay. Jocelyn. And then finally, in something we've never seen before and a completely off the board, but pure for Vegas thing, they are shutting down the strip couple blocks of the strip they're putting a large board with with cards on it uh basically a deck of cards and a player has to shoot to get blackjack Ooh, yep yep so you you have it so they're playing blackjack and so who can get closest to 21 without going over um or sorry the first to achieve yeah highest hand or achieve 21 in the least amount of shots so you it, it has zero skill. I mean, okay. all the all these guys can can lift the puck and, and hit things. Right. Um, this is pure luck. But does it the the puck have to just hit it, or does it have to hit and stay? Uh, I, I don't know how this is set up. So I'm I'm imagining just like this big like wide open field where you have to land the puck on a. No, they got to hit. Card. No, it's it's they're putting like like on a uh, it's in front of you like cards are going to be hanging in the air oh gotcha, you know, gotcha like gotcha. on like on a stand or whatever you want to call it i, I saw them like on a, a deck on of cards yeah itself. okay yeah yeah so you win two rounds you become the puck shark that's the winner is going to be called the puck shark and they're calling it the vegas nhl 21 in 22 ever yep yep I almost thought they didn't get a sponsor, but the city of Las Vegas is sponsoring. <laughs> All of them have a sponsor, but the, yeah, this one is is is. Uh, so it's Kadri, Matthews, Pavelski, Stamkos, Kachuk. All right, Adam, who do you think? Oh, I'm for sentiment's sake. I'm gonna go with Pavelski. Okay. I because the I you know why not? Okay, Lonnie. Matthews. It's hard to pick something that's not like a skill. This isn't like there's no skill. This is a dumb luck based thing. Yeah. So I guess it's Vegas. (laughs) It's a gamble. I'm going to take Stamkos. Not not going to pick the uh, hometown dirty boy who shouldn't even be at the All Star game. No, I'm not. I'm not going to go that route. Okay. I I thought about it for a minute. I was like, Nah, I'm good. I'm good. Or the other dirty player that's that's there. Yeah. And, I, I want to see Kachuk and Kadri do other things besides, you know, the card picking thing here. I think like Kadri, Kachuk, Wilson, we can find like a skill competition for them, right? Hardest shot to the head. So I mean, just you you suggest I didn't say it. I'm just you know, <laughs> you were just insinuating. I get it. Just say I mean, 
Lottie's just staying quiet on this one. You okay. guys have it under control. One thing, one, one uh, category I wish they would bring back when competition is the, the obstacle course. Cause I just loved watching the goalies try and do that. It was, it was just so much fun to watch. I want them and to bring our, it back. And our final bet 99 Canada market only pick who wins, what division wins the all-star game. Ah, Lonnie, who you got? Uh, Atlantic. Okay. Adam. Metropolitan. I'm going central. Notice nobody wants Sorry, to go Pacific. Pacific. <laughs> you know, I bet Lou That's or right. Jacob I, I would have taken that, Pacific. You know, Pacific, I don't care that you have McDavid and Dreisaitl. I'm still not picking you. <laughs> They're on a really cold streak right now, so I... Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't count them as uh, weapons for the Pacific right now. And they also have Gibson, who I think is maybe one of the best. It could be the best of the, of the goalies that are there. Mm-hmm. Too. I, I mean, it, that's a scary thing. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've got, you've got the all world player, uh, the all world goalie and nobody's picking them in a three on three. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. That'll do it. Uh, you, you can put it on the Twitter, right? You'll have it on the Twitter. All our, We'll, we'll have stuff? these picks up on Twitter. You can follow us at PHN Podcast, or you can use the hashtag PHN Picks. Make your picks and uh, see how well you stack up against uh, Lonnie. Just Lonnie? <laughs> yeah. Is there anybody else they need to stack up against? Yeah, they're just they're they're just not good enough for me. I get it. Okay, I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. That's exactly what I was going for. Oh, okay. Parting thoughts, Mister Producer. Oh, parting thought. You know, uh, last weekend I went out and picked up myself a copy of NHL 22. I heard that they had put in uh, 10 of the women's national teams to be able to be playable teams in the game. So I went out and first game I played USA versus Germany because I wanted to, uh, you know, he's into it. Yeah. Uh, Gameplay fantastic i absolutely loved it uh beat germany five nothing uh there was one glitch that just seemed to stand out to me and uh this is something that has been uh, making its rounds on the internet as well uh when you play as the women's national teams the goalies tend not to wear helmets what (laughs) this is a bug in the game where the goalies do not have helmets I thought it was odd. I, th- I, saw, I saw them out for the warm-up. I'm like, okay, the goalies haven't put on their helmets yet. Okay, whatever. The game starts, and my goalie takes a shot straight to the face. I mean, it, it doesn't phase anything. It's like she is wearing one, but you can't see it. So I'm like, okay, I know these girls are tough as nails, but I'm sure they would want a mask in front of their face. And plus, I feel like I'm missing out on some awesome mask art. That's I, Okay. It, it just, it caught me as just, yeah, I, I'm sure that bug is going to be fixed soon, but oh <laughs> man, it's just, it was good. It was good. Lonnie. So two weeks ago, I talked about the, um, the, the frozen uh, potato, the potatoes that got stuck to the yes. road yes. on I-94. Oh, do we have a breaking news update? No, we have sort of a sequel. Oh, is this yes. this is not an I team investigation type this situation? Is, this is not on uh, US twelve out in southwestern Minnesota on Wednesday night. Uh, temperatures dipped well below zero before it even got dark out. It was one of those days here. Uh, wind chills hit about twenty five thirty below in that part of the state. Uh, a truck a truck dr- driving on that road apparently spilled uh, some sugar beets as part of its load. Um, and the sugar beets were basically like a lot of small rocks frozen to the roadway that did a lot of damage to the cars that tried to drive through them. <laughs> and MnDOT did have to come out with the snow plows to scrape them off the road and out of the way so people could then pass on that stretch of rural Minnesota again. But this is now two agricultural spills on roadways in Minnesota in two weeks. I'm kind of afraid to see what's coming next i was Inter- kind of hoping interesting gonna, i was hoping it was gonna be like eggs to go with the uh, potatoes get your hash browns and a little hash brown action going yeah well, but what's interesting is beet juice is used for melting of, of roads instead of salt 
it's a mixing in a brine. Beet juice is a common use in brine for uh, road melting. At, at that, yeah, the juice. We're talking about. I, the I know. I'm just. Beets, I know, but I'm just saying. I, I think also, it's ironic. At that, irony. At, that, at, at that temperature, though, it's the brine does nothing. <laughs> I'm just I, saying. I was, it's, there's irony in that. I, there that is a lot beets. of iron. Uh, the, the beet is probably frozen solid before you could get that juice out. Yeah. Yes. Lonnie Goldsmith, follow him on Twitter, and he is your produce frozen to ground correspondent. Frozen <laughs> agricultural correspondent. Yes, we're gonna <laughs> add that to your add that to your your card right there. Yes. Um, my parting shot is jersey related. Nike is screwing up Olympic hockey jerseys. The jerseys online and close up were phenomenal for all the teams when, when, when I saw them a couple of weeks ago when they all were unveiled and all that. Um, holy crap. That black Canada Jersey is dis- You can't, you can't, if you don't like Jersey crest names and numbers on TV, it's a great Jersey for you. Cause oh you can't see, you can't see the names, numbers or crest. Um, Finland's Jersey, which is usually gorgeous the not not like the contrasting navy blue stripe on the royal blue not contrasting enough the the front of the jersey got lost usa jerseys were almost perfectly gorgeous today the whites that they wore except for the white numbers on the back making them illegible on tv and I think that threw off Kenny a couple of times on goals. They're also the fact that he's doing it from a studio. Well, I was going to say, US. but he's watching on TV because right. NBC didn't send any. I think they, like Mike Tirico is the only person. Mm-hmm. Is he? That, Did they send him? I believe so. I, I think he's out. I think he's out okay. there in studio. The, the way I, I'm, I'm almost positive he's there. Okay. Um, but I, I don't, none of their analysts. Yeah. They, they decided because of COVID and stuff to keep people. But yeah, I, uh, um, you know, the, the Chinese jerseys, are, I, I, they're, they're okay. The Chinese uh, goalie pads. Yes. Yes. Those are sweet, but Nike didn't make those. Nope. Um, yeah. That's I, why they're so good. Yeah. Sweden, Sweden doesn't touch there, so it's okay. But I mean, so far, Swiss, the white jerseys, I've never been a fan of their white jerseys. They're kind of boring. Um, but yeah, the US, Canada, and Finland jerseys, so close to being amazing. Canada just needs to ditch black to begin with. I, I've yet to see black on their flag but that's a black, that's a historical thing where they weren't black back fifties and all that, but come on, like Nike's got to be better. You, if you can't see names and numbers, it's, it's worthless for a sport like this where that you need names and numbers to recognize the players. That, it's, that now, it, it's ridiculous in the Olympics to put out three jerseys. You need two. you need a light and a dark. But you can sell three, Richard. I know. And, and that's why they're, they're so. I'm okay with three, but make them good. It was such a miss, such a miss. That's got to get jerseys in on this, on, on the first line edition. Yeah. It's on brand. Enjoy the Olympics folks. Um, and enjoy it all. Enjoy all-star weekend. Um, you know, the, in, enjoy the swear free first line edition of, of the podcast. Less editing for you to do on this one, huh, Richard? All right. I, I heard the beeps last week. Oh, heard the yeah, beeps. Man, there were a couple. Yep. The salty Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> we had words after we had words oh did you, did you yeah we, we we don't have the e by our, we, we are we are e for everyone not e for explicit on the phn podcast it's a family it's a family podcast jacob come oh, on jeez <laughs> the worst Jeez. yeah salty canadian for richard chote and lonnie goes this is adam minnick once again thank you to chicago Wars merchandise store led affinity jewelry for vera hockey and bet 99 This was another edition of the Pro Hockey News Podcast.